0: Hello, and welcome to Honestly Planted. I'm Cassandra, and on today's episode, I will be talking about everything as medicine and everything as poison. This is a concept that's new to me and is very prevalent in Ayurveda, and in my studies of Ayurveda I've come to understand this through my own experience. Last time I talked about the doshas and what each of them mean and how they can relate to our lives, and now I want to take that in a step further. A few weeks ago, probably about a month, about four weeks ago, um, I was part of an Ayurvedic women's group here in town, and this group for me started right after I had just finished my six-month yoga teacher training. So during yoga teacher training, you do a lot of self searching, soul searching, learning about yourself, and growing as a person. In all of this work, I hadn't realized that I hadn't taken the time to really let all of that new discovery settle in with myself. I had done so much work and changed so much in six months that I hadn't let myself have the time to really focus in and really understand what it was that I had learned. Instead, I had decided that the best thing to do would to be to continue on this growth pattern by joining this Ayurvedic women's group so that I could continue the growth within myself. I was concerned that since yoga teacher training was over, I wouldn't have the skills or the people in my life still that would help me to continue to grow. I didn't want to become stagnant. And instead, I learned the very opposite. And that's what I'm here to talk about today, is my experience with Everything is Medicine and Everything is Poison. So immediately after yoga teacher training, joining this women's group, the first session I had was phenomenal. I was so excited. I came home, chatted my husband's ear off, was going on and on about these amazing women that I had met, this wonderful group that I was now a part of, and how excited I was to meet with them every week. The second session didn't quite go As planned, it was not the same as the first because we were learning new things. The second session, we learned about masculine versus feminine and what that means and the different signs and things that you should look for. Our homework or task for the week in between our session was to write out a list of the things in our lives and write next to them if we thought that we did them in a masculine way or in a feminine way way. I was very excited and a little apprehensive about this work, so I went home, wrote out my list each day as I was going through my day from things as simple as tying my shoes, to making breakfast, to walking my dogs, to waking up, to taking a shower, all of the things that I did in my every day from writing to reading to using social media and I wrote next to them off of what we would learned if I thought I was doing those things in a masculine way or a feminine way. When I was done with my list at the end of the week before our next session, I sat down and I looked over my entire list I noticed that there were only two things on that list that I did in a feminine way. This had my head spinning completely out of control. I didn't know what to think about that. Was I too masculine? Was there a way to fix this? What's wrong with me? Why couldn't I do things in a more feminine way? The second part of our homework was to then, right next to that, decide or write out how you could do your masculine things in a bit more of a feminine way and how to do your feminine things in a bit more of a masculine way. I was at a blank. I couldn't decide how and I didn't know how to do any of these things any other way. I couldn't figure out how to make any of these things more masculine or how to make them more feminine. I didn't know. I was at a loss. I was on Google, I was searching, I was on Ayurvedic groups online. I was trying to find ways in which I could make more of my masculine traits more feminine. I sat down with my husband and I told him my concerns. I listed out all of the things and in a typical husband fashion, who's not studying Ayurveda and not going through this work, he said, well, yep, these sound like you. You are pretty masculine, my dear. This sat really deep with me. This on top of already feeling like a failure, already like I couldn't add up to what I thought or what in my head was perceived to be where I needed to be, this group instantly became a poison. I became in a deep, dark hole that I couldn't get out of. I had reverted back to when I had severe depression. I didn't want to get out of bed. I didn't want to eat. I didn't want to do anything. I didn't even want to sleep. I just wanted to sit and lay there and do nothing and hope to disappear and never, ever, ever come out. I had hit a complete low point. I couldn't figure out how to get myself out. I didn't know what to do. Normally, I have things in place so that when I get depressed or anxious, I have things that I do immediately so I don't spiral out of control. And this time, I just looked at myself and said, I don't care. I don't care at all. I'm done. I'm completely over. I don't know what else to do, and I'm tired of living. I can't make it right. I can't add up to what everyone else is doing. I'm done. For the next two weeks, I was in a complete and utter spiral of depression. I could barely get up to do tasks. I didn't wanna worry my husband too much, so forced myself out of bed and to get dressed. But little did he know, I wasn't eating, I wasn't drinking, I wasn't doing anything while he was gone. I couldn't, I couldn't face life at all. Finally, we had a nice sunny day. So that day happened to be a Sunday that we were meeting for the women's group. I decided I wasn't going to go, and instead, I literally stuck my feet in the dirt and sat there, planted. I had planted myself in the earth, reconnecting to my roots, reconnecting to the earth, reconnecting to myself, in the bright sunshine, with my hands and feet in the dirt, just sitting there, eyes closed, face up to the sky, sun beaming down on my face. This, this is where I dig myself out. This is where I start to realize that everything is medicine and everything is poison. There's this saying in or this concept in our society that we should all eat right. We should all do this. We should, we should, we should. There's all these we shoulds. But how about what we're capable of? How about accepting where we are and making slow changes? Doing things all at once can be just as harmful as not doing them at all. And that's exactly what I had done. I had dived deep into the changing of myself instead of slowly accepting that this is how I am. And maybe I change one thing. Maybe I let my husband do the dishes and I don't criticize how he washes them. Maybe that's the one change I make that makes all the difference in my life. Maybe I think a little bit more before I speak and maybe I think more about his feelings when I speak. Maybe I don't use such a harsh tone. Maybe I just pick one task and I work on that and that is enough. It is okay to be who I am. It is okay to be me. It is okay to not be like everyone else. In those weeks of depression, I learned that if I'm not the boss of my household, if I am not the one telling everyone else what to do, then nothing gets done. Nobody does anything. The dishes pile up, the clothes pile up, the dirt piles up. If I am not telling everyone what to do, when to do it, and why to do it, nobody does anything. I'm the driving force of my household And when I am not being that driving force, when I am not being myself, when I am not being who I am, nothing else functions around me. We get nothing done. We have no food. We have no clothes. Our house is a mess. Our dogs are hungry and tired and need a walk and hyper and out of control. Everything is medicine and everything is poison. We have to take each thing one at a time. We can't take them on all at once. You will get overwhelmed. You won't be able to function. It is like a dirty house. When all the laundry is piled up, and all the dishes are in the sink, and the dirt is on the floor, and the bathrooms need cleaned, and your windows need washed, and your garden needs weeded, and your lawn needs mowed, and your car needs gas, and your fridge needs food. You have to start with one, one at a time. You pick one task that is completely obtainable and you start with that one task. You start with whichever task will make you feel the most accomplished for that day. Whether it's, I do the dishes today, I will go to the grocery store tomorrow, I will clean the bathroom the next day and I will start the laundry. Maybe that is how we start for our lives. I'll take one thing. From this experience, I learned that my one thing to be more feminine will be to let my husband do the dishes the way he does the dishes. Now with that being said, if I am not the driving force to remind him that the dishes need to be done, then they won't get done. But complaining how the dishwasher is loaded and how we could fit more in to save the planet if we do less dishes, maybe I can let that go. Maybe that is what I let go so our connection to each other is better. As long as he is helping and long as he is doing something, that's all that matters. So I want you to take away from this episode that you don't have to do it all. Maybe your goal is to get all of the things on your list done, but how about you just start with one? Just start with the one thing. Your goal is the one item. Complete that item, sit with it and see how that feels. See how it feels to let your husband do the dishes and not complain about how they're done. Do that for a month. Do that for two months. Do that for three months. Do one thing, one at a time. Don't overwhelm yourself with all the coulda, shoulda, woulda, I wantas. Just pick one. Thank you for listening. I'm Cassandra. Please like and subscribe if you want to hear more of my podcasts. Thank you and have a great day.